The following program is being broadcast on the Amazing Women of Power, the world's leading positive programming network, powered by Raven International. This show contains motivational language and may not be suitable for negative listeners. To make as many friends as I can along the way of doing this radio show and to keep them. So you got to maintain those friendships. My name is Dean Olson. Welcome to Strong Rider on the Radio, the show that strives to keep songwriters musically fit. And the way I like to try to do that is through faith and encouragement and by learning from the best and passing it along to you. When I talk about the best, you can't get any better than this man. Mr. Frank Shiner from the great state of New York. He's a singer, he's an actor, and most importantly, he's my friend. And he's also a hero to those of us who are of a certain age who have reignited a lifelong dream after putting it uh, on the back burner for several years. We've talked about that before on this show. Frank was a guest. He came on the show with me in 2014, and we promoted a, a debut album which was about to come out called The Real Me, which launched two consecutive top Five singles, one of them being the title track, which is not the Who song, The Real Me, but it was uh, Doc Pomus, the one sung by Johnny Adams, and Feels Like Home, written by Randy Newman. So as far as the adult contemporary chart, this puts him right up there with Maroon 5 and Kelly Clarkson, so he's in good company and quite a hot property as a new artist on the scene. He is the winner of two LA Music Critic Awards, and get this, the mayor of his old hometown in Pennsylvania just recently proclaimed the day Frank Shiner Day, and he did a performance. A lot of catching up to do with this man, so without further ado, I want to welcome my buddy Frank Shiner back to the program. Frank, how's your life going? Hey, Dean, it's going very well. It's so good to be here with you again. A lot been happening uh, since we last talked back in uh, 2014, just a yeah, year ago. it's a whirlwind. It's like being in a blender. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't get any, it's like a frog in a blender, or what are you talking about? No, it's just like being in a blender on high. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the, bio, I want to have people catch up from uh, the last conversation that you and I had, so uh, uh, if, if anybody wants to go back and find out a little bit more about Frank Shiner, you can go uh, strongrider.com, there's some past episodes with Frank in them. The biography that we uh, talked about, we started from your last conversation, kind of starts your story from college, but uh, maybe you can take me back a little further to uh, a young Frank in, say, maybe the third grade, you know, when you're in elementary school. Yeah. Yeah, Look, looking back, did you have dreams or, or hobbies that kept your interest that you might still carry in your grown-up life? You know, dreams of maybe you didn't want to be a singer back then. Did you have a different aspiration? Well, I, I think I always had a bit of a performer in 
anime I was ever the class clown. Um, and, and I managed to, I went to a little Catholic school up in Mountaintop, Pennsylvania, and the nuns just didn't know what to do with me. Um, oh. <laughs> and so I, I really, I really got basically thrown out of school from kindergarten through eighth grade. Uh, but never for anything bad. It was just I couldn't sit still. I, I was talking. I was cracking jokes. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and you know, my parents would go up and say, well, you know, he's just a spirited kid. <laughs> and I'd get back in. Yeah. And so that happened every day, um, every year. And uh, But I, I, guess, um, I guess I always had a little bit of a performer in me. And then in fifth grade, I met Mr. Uh, Fino, Mr. Ralph Fino. I remember his name. He was a wonderful teacher, and he was um, he was doing Fino's Follies. I've never told this story, by the way, Dean. I don't. Um, and and Fino's Follies was a um, was just a, a you know a, a series of, of of songs and little skits and so on. And he put me in it, and he told my mother that I didn't find out till later, and said he he's going to be a performer one day. And I didn't know that till much later when I changed my major to theater in college. But uh, Mr. Fino apparently uh, understood, and and I was on my best behavior every time I went to his class because uh, I guess I knew he understood me. Hmm. Um, so it's made me—I'll tell you the truth—it's really made me compassionate toward children that maybe act out in, in such a way because the, the, a lot of times I think they're just misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> that's a subject that I didn't even think about, but I'm glad that you told the story about that. So, how about going on through, between that before uh, before college? Were you uh, were your acting chops or your singing chops getting yeah. uh, groomed anywhere in high school? Like, well, uh, so I went down to the you know Wilkesbury, the city um, for high school, uh, Bishop Hoban High School, great high school, and I just kind of found myself in school. I was a I was a diver on the swim team. Um, so I was doing all kind of diving tricks, uh, and we, we practiced five hours a day, two hours before school in the morning, two mm-hmm. hours after school, and then an hour of of running and weightlifting, um, and you know board work in the pool and trampoline work in the morning. So um, I did that for uh, part of my freshman year, sophomore, and junior year, and then and I was always in seasonal singers and choir and chorus and so on, and and in a little band. And one day I was in the music room, and the band leader for the the marching band, uh, or actually the 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 band that would play for the shows, they were playing some music, and I came in and I was just making horn sounds and I was improvising, and he said, "Hey, come here," and he made me stand up in front of the group, and I didn't play an instrument, and he said, "Do that," and he said, "Do what?" He said, "Do what you were just doing, like a horn. Do it. Improvise." So I did it, and he turned to them. And he said, "That's the way you improvise <laughs> to the horn players." Wow. So as I was doing that, the nun who directed the the shows said, "Hey," and she pulled me over to the side. She was watching, and she said, "You want to audition for the musical?" And this was, you know, in junior year. And I said, "Okay." So she said, "It's tonight." I said, "Tonight." I said, "All right." So I showed up. And she said, uh, Frank Shiner. I said, no, no, sister, I changed my mind when she called my name. And she, and she wasn't going to take no for an answer. She made me get up there. And this was the turning point. So I got up there and I started uh, reading from the script. And I was 
stuttering and nervous, and she said, do it again. And I was, did it again, it was a little smoother. And she said, do it again, and let's get a little smoother. Now I'm starting to ham it up. So, um, and I started to get into it, and I started to really enjoy it. Then she checked out my singing and all. Well, I left there, and I completely forgot all about it. I had, I had fun, and, and, you know, I stretched myself a little bit doing something I wasn't used to. And uh, I got the, uh, the call during the summer that I got the lead in the... Uh, in the senior musical, so I was Henry Higgins and My Fair Lady. Oh, fantastic. And rehearsed it all summer and performed it, and I just remember the first night in front of the audience uh, and, and feeling that energy with the audience, and, and, and I felt in my element, and, and something clicked in my head. I said, this is what I want to do. Absolutely. And that's when it happened. Well, it shines so from the sky above makes me feel so free makes me feel like me and it lights my life with love and it seems like and it feels like and it seems like Comes right in on time. 
eyes of me And it satisfies my mind And it seems like And it feels like What uh, what was that energy? Were you the nervous energy? Obviously, were, were you uh, just judging by what I see right now and the way you've always described yourself? I don't think you suffer from stage fright in any no. way. But uh, no, no, no. What uh, what Never other? Never did. What, uh, um, yeah. Weirdest thing. Now I'll get a little anticipation, and uh, and I'll you know I'll, I'll get want to make sure everything's set up properly and perfect, and you know as far as costume and staging and whatnot. I, I'm kind of uh, particular about that. But the minute I put my toe on the stage, I'm in, I'm in another world. Wow. And, it, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very nice place to be for me. For those of us who don't, uh, don't relate to that, it's because I, I don't have that particular gift or that, uh, that inclination. You know, when I get in there, I still get, bu- I still get butterflies, and then I'm, there's the wrong part of your head telling you better uh, get, off, get off that stage. You're not, oh, you know. Well. You know. Well, you know, butterflies. I mean, I could relate to butterflies, but then again, you get you get butterflies when you're about to have a heavy conversation with somebody. I mean, absolutely, that, just like right that now, may just be <laughs> adrenaline. Uh, you know, that's not necessarily nerves. I always attributed that to just adrenaline, and that energy is what really sparks me. So uh-huh. I, I want that, but um, but I wouldn't call it nerves at all. Uh huh. This is this kind of left field, but uh, related to it actually is. Have you ever tried to? Uh, have you ever taken anybody under your wing or mentored uh, somebody, some performer, or gave them a piece of advice about that type of uh, situation? If they, yeah, a if number they were of scared? times. But it's funny you should say that because last night uh, a friend of my son said, "Could I use your your recording your your uh, rehearsal studio?" And he's a he's a rapper. Now I mean I don't. It's not like I relate to rap, but mm-hmm. um, I mean I don't really listen to it, but I can appreciate the art form. And he, uh, he came over and I showed him, I let him use my system and my microphones and he started on, on the stuff he wrote and he was really good. And so, you know, he, we've been texting back and forth and I, I've, uh, you know, I've been kind of showing him the equipment, talking about the equipment, talking about, you know, showing him the ropes and, um, and he's agreed to come to one of my rehearsals and meet, you know, my manager and maybe Gary Katz when he comes up and so on, yeah. the producer. So, yeah, I mean, I listen, I do that because every once in a while a kid needs a, a little bit of a push or a little bit of a, uh, you know, a helping hand. Well, you and I are close, uh, close in age. You're, you're a tiny bit older, but we, we both grew up during the birth of that uh, hip-hop era. And uh, one thing I can say, it's not my cup of tea, but one thing I've always admired and it was envious of, of what rappers can do is that they can just uh, uh, extemporaneously off the cuff start uh, flowing, as they say. You know, they can just really just start turning a phrase. And I go, yeah. how do they do that stuff so quickly? Well, it's not yeah. and it's not my style of music, but I can tell you, I, I certainly couldn't do it. And no. so th- yeah. there, there's a there, there's a talent there and there's a skill there and there's a brain function there and there's a there's a knowledge of vocabulary and rhythm that is is uh, to be admired. Yes, I do admire it. Let me veer off the path just a tiny bit. You know, uh, I, I understand that uh, from some of the posts I've seen you put on social media, you like uh, watching some of these uh, 
these talent shows. The Voice, for instance, maybe America's Got Talent, things like that. I like watching them less and less lately. <laughs> well, tell me, tell me your take on that, because uh, I I sort of checked out on that a long time ago when American Idol was was getting really bad. But uh, the, how is the Voice? Well, some of them have some of them have definitely jumped the shark. Um, I I felt I feel like the shows like The Voice have a little bit higher level of of talent on it, mm-hmm. and I mean maybe I'm a little biased, but. American Idol has a 28-year-old age limit. Now, I'm sorry, a man's voice doesn't even mature till 35. Fully, full, isn't, isn't fully mature till 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, the voice, you know, they allow any age. So um, I really think that after 15 years of American Idol, 14 years now, that that what they've done by going to city to city to city, they've they've limited themselves to such a, a narrow age bracket that they're not quite getting. Uh, the full value uh, of those cities that they're going to, the, oh. all you know, the talent pool. Yeah. So that that's one theory I have. But I also don't like the what they've all become in that you have to have this. Uh, you, you take every song, and every song has to has to end with an enormous crescendo mm-hmm. and verbal gymnastics, and end on a on an extremely high note. Now that's fun once in a while, but every single song is, yeah. is that way. And and if you don't do something outrageous like that, then you really don't get anywhere. You know, what happened, whatever happened to just telling the story, what happened, just being there and experiencing something. See, I think the subtlety has gone out of music lately. And I believe so. I'd like to see some of that subtlety come back. I really would. In my case, somebody who likes to write and make the music. And then, you know, uh, many times I had to craft the lyrics, you know, that's intimidating too, because if you, if you ever want to write for somebody else, you almost are uh, put in a box to, to make it in that dynamic where where it's got to be structured with that crescendo that comes at the end, or it's got to mm-hmm. it's got to come. A lot of these songs, uh, I used to be a, a big fan of the solo, the piano solo, the guitar solo. Mm-hmm. A lot of that's leaving pop music yep. these days. And uh, I noticed sometime in the in the late '90s, you know, you had these no uh, no twenty second intro, just right from the get go, the lyric starts, you know, and that's fine. But every like you said, every song's got to be this way. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the thing also, Frank, is that uh, we keep up with pop culture, but sometimes, you know, that generation gap is inevitable. You cannot get away from it. <laughs> sometimes yeah, I look... Yeah, but I also, I also see a move toward the, uh, you know, they're calling it the retro sound now, mm-hmm. but I see a little bit of it, of it turning, and I see some of the younger crowd, and we've done a lot of testing on the songs in, on our album, for example, and and we see that the, that the 16 to 24 range, uh, we have a big surge. And, um, heck, we just had a big concert, and there were three 15-year-old girls that came over and wanted T-shirts. We gave them to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't have any money on them. But they were, they were like, giddy with, you know, loving the music. And, and, I mean, you look at somebody like a Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars really has a retro sound. Yes, he does. He truly does. Um, yeah, maybe with modern lyrics and so on. And he's good old-fashioned performance, which I, I, I love about him. I mean, he, he, I remember when he... he a couple years ago, when he he played at the uh, at the Super Bowl, and he made a comment ahead of time. He said, "You know, it's it's just me and the guys. I hope it's enough. We don't have any pyrotechnics or anything." I respect that because yeah. he's not afraid to just get up and show his talent. He doesn't need auto tune and 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 uh, flares going off and glitz and glitter. He just gets up and sings and dances. Yeah, I recently saw Sheila E put out a uh, a blast to all uh, all the performers that just performed at a recent. Uh, awards show that, hey, doesn't anybody play live music anymore? 
you know yeah. you know when they get up in there it's all lip synced and and it's all pre it's probably for the production of the show so they want to make sure it's all, all consistent but sure what uh but i mean american I think, idol just had all, all these people get up and it was all lip synced i mean you know you saw you saw i won't say the singer's name but just you, you saw a singer that we all know uh-huh. um uh turned his head away from the microphone and smiled at the person next to him, not realizing he was supposed to still be lip syncing. Oh, no. And you saw a whole line pass. And it's like, they're all lip syncing. It's like, yeah, I know when, when they're doing heavy dance moves and, and so on, maybe it's a little hard to not do it that way, but it, there's just way too much of it. It yeah. really is. I'm probably the first one to want that safety net, but I think I'd rather go down with the ship and, and bomb. <laughs> As, and, and at least people know that I was doing it for real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No one ever saw or wanted to see the real me. I was hiding and sometimes sliding. Never found a reason 
is the real me. So, um, you're not actually a musician, Frank, right? You don't play an instrument? Uh, no, uh, you know, I, I do play the piano a little bit, but I don't, uh, I don't really talk about it, because uh-huh. when you put me next to somebody that really plays the piano, I'm put to shame. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me, too. Uh, you know, I've tried, I've tried to keep up with piano players, and I always try to tell them I don't play. Yeah. I play everything by ear, I write music, but forget it. No, no. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not going to step in uh, in a you know be a session musician at, at any cost, but uh, but I really focus on the voice being my instrument. Yeah, and um, and I have instruments in mind when I'm singing. I'm, I, I I I sing. I have a saxophone in mind. I, I think most of the time when I'm singing. Oh, okay, I can see that. You yeah. got a nice. You got sort of a like a tenor range almost when you're going. Yeah, yeah. So your voice is your main instrument. How do you um? How did you develop it at one point, and how do you how do you maintain it today? Well, you know, I took a long hiatus because uh, I was singing, I was doing a show, um, well, that's a whole story by itself, but I was doing an out-of-town show uh, and found out that, you know, well, I had my wife and baby at home, and we had one. And then we found out we had one on the way, mm-hmm. and um, and I just said, you know, I can't be selfish enough to continue to do this, so I went, I kind of went into business and, and uh, went at that for quite, a, quite some time, so I... I put everything on the back burner, no no regrets, but once I got back into it again, um, it was kind of a unique situation. I went back into vocal lessons because my daughter was taking vocal lessons, and I started talking to the voice teacher, who's still my voice vocal instructor today. She's a wonderful lady, opera singer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I started working with her, and she heard things that she wanted to develop further and, you know, and get rid of any bad habits I might have had and kind of dust the cobwebs off and get, get it going again. And, and she, she, she said it's, uh, she thinks it's unique because somebody of my age has preserved my vocal cords and they haven't been used and abused. So I want, I try to keep that clean now, um, and, and, and keep it, uh, free, uh, and preserve it for as long as possible. Because if, if you abuse the vocal cords for too many years, um, you're going to get nodes and mm-hmm. and whatnot, and need vocal surgery. And we have there's some famous singers right now that are young kids that are getting vocal surgery already. Wow. So, um, you know, I, I I'm passionate about keeping it. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't take a Stradivarius and and bang it against a wall and expect it to to, to sound the same. You know, mm-hmm. I think the, the the vocal cords are very much the same. You don't have any signs of hard living on your. Uh... On your cords, no. like you're smoking or anything like that? No, nothing. No, Good. no and I don't even I don't even really like to drink. I'll I'll drink at a, a party or a wedding once in a while. Yeah. Uh, alcohol is very drying on it. Loud crowds are very, very taxing on speaking. Speaking in a loud room mm-hmm. over the crowd is worse than singing a whole concert. Wow. For your, yeah, for your vocal I can cords. agree. And yeah. I do that. I do that a lot. Or I have. I'm pretty quiet, but when I have to speak up, I end up abusing it. <laughs> or I had a temper when I was younger, and I would scream. <laughs> no, <laughs> so when nobody I. when nobody was around, that's uh, I shouldn't be admitting that, but you know what? Yeah. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just I was just curious how uh, how you take care of that. I've seen people who are uh, you know there have been famous people who have smoked and and drunk whiskey and 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 yeah. and they you know and it 
it defines their voice, but they don't seem to have a bad voice, you know, that uh, like it's no, dying. No, they on still them. have good voices, but yeah. they've come down. Like if you smoke, you're gonna you're gonna lose the top third of your voice. If you drink too much, you're gonna. So I mean, yeah. oh, look who, who who sang better than Frank Sinatra, but he his voice definitely changed from the old Frank Sinatra. Uh, to the to the newer Frank Sinatra right. uh, music, and and he did have a, a I think a vocal cord hemorrhage at some point, and uh, and it distinctly shifted. Now nobody could ever take his style away, but he smoked and drank, drank and and partied, <laughs> and he still sounded fantastic. It's just that I'm a tenor, and I want to keep that as long as I can. Yeah, yeah. Frank you know? Frank did have a higher voice when he was with Capitol yeah, sure. and all those. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what, Frank? Uh, I'm I'm running out of time here, and. Uh, that's not fair to you because, you know, we didn't even get to some of the cool stuff that's been going on in your life. Will you come back and uh, we'll talk about it uh, in the next episode? Because I want to hear about uh, uh, the mayor coming to you and uh, proclaiming the day Frank Shiner Day. That'd be great. Oh, sure. Will Absolutely. Okay. Frank Shiner, thanks for always being such a great guest to this program. Be sure and tune in next week. Frank and I will be back on here picking up right where we left off. So go to frankshiner.com. That is the hub where you can get all the music. His YouTube channel link is there. His Facebook link is there. Please get involved. This is one special man, one special entertainer, and we're going to talk to him next week. So until then, put your best pen forward, and let's all be strong writers together. My name is Dean Olson for Strong Writer on the Radio. We'll catch you next week, and thank you very much for listening. Take care and have a great one. Bye. You've been listening to Strong Writer on the Radio. With your host, Dean Olson, on the amazing women and men of power. World's leading positive programming network powered by Raven International. 